Well, folks, Shaw, Jerry Adams, and Shaw Arish. Because Maris Gratis Hulagum, Gawil Shibsha, Gumoy. Since last I podcast, I was on a non line panel discussion on the life and times of escaped slave Frederick Douglass. And it was about his time in Ireland in the 1840s and the relevance of his message of hope and equality in today's world. The conversation was part of an ambitious and successful one-day conference organised by the Irish Echo in New York. The event, the big Irish campfire, the title alone attracted me, showcases Irish-American organisations across the USA. All the conversations were short, 30 minutes, so there was no time to bore those contributing or watching. The Echo staff, well done to all involved, ran a tight ship. So my thanks for the invitation to marching and to everybody involved in the Echo. My discussion, which was hosted by State Senator Tim Kennedy, included the acknowledged expert on Douglas, Professor Christine Keneally, who is Director of the Institute of Ireland's Great Hunger at Quinnipiac University in Connecticut. Under the clever title of A Camino for Our Times on the Trail of Frederick Douglass in Dublin, Belfast and New York, Christine talked about the three different walks she's developed in Belfast, Cork and Dublin. And it's possible to visit sites by following the route that are linked to his time in Ireland. The Belfast Walk commences at the grave of Marianne McCracken and includes the First Presbyterian Church in Rosemary Street, outside of which Belfast City Council has agreed to erect a statue to Frederick Douglass. He visited Ireland and Britain following the publication in 1845 of his autobiography, The Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass, an American Slave. He arrived here in September 1845 on the cusp of Angorta Moor, the Great Hunger, and travelled to Waxford, Waterford, Cork, Limerick and Belfast. His repeated visits to Belfast during the months he stayed in Ireland are an important part of our own history and a reminder that slavery was opposed by radical Presbyterians like United Ireland man Thomas McCabe here in this city in the late 18th century. Ireland, in Frederick Douglass' own words, was transformative for him. It was, he said, the first time he felt like a man and not a chattel. He also witnessed the awful conditions endured by the Irish peasants and this led to him seeing the issue of slavery not in isolation but as part of a wider campaign for equality and social justice. He wrote, I see here much to remind me of my former condition and I confess I should be ashamed to lift up my voice against American slavery but that I know the cause of humanity is one the world over. He who truly feels for the American slave cannot steal his heart to the woes of others. Douglas's story is also a reminder of the evil of slavery because slavery is still with us 
It's estimated that between 20 and 40 million people, including 10 million children across the world, today live in slavery. In January 1846, the Belfast Anti-Slavery Society held a breakfast in his honour. It was his last appearance in Ireland. One of the objectives of the event was to establish a Ladies' Anti-Slavery Association. Miriam McCracken was listed as a committee member. She was also active, and this is remarkable, over 50 years earlier in Thomas McCabe's time when they stopped the slaving company being set up in Belfast. Their breakfast for Frederick Douglass was attended by 250 people. As he said when he left Belfast, wherever I feel myself to be a stranger, I will remember that I have a home in Belfast. It's also interesting that uh, at the weekend, last weekend, the Belfast Telegraph published an opinion piece by the polling and market research company Lucid Talk. Now, as a matter of long-standing policy, I don't usually comment on opinion polls which see with the electoral fortunes of our political parties. And I see no reason to change this policy. So I will ignore the party political content and deal only with the unity referendum elements. Two-thirds of those polled believe the unity referendum should be held, although about half of these would prefer it to take place after 2026. A minority of 29% were against ever holding a unity referendum. 49% of those polled want to retain the union with Britain, while 42% want a united Ireland. Imagine, without a plan, without a discussion, without a campaign, and with an Irish government opposed to a unity referendum, 42% are already for a united Ireland. Bill White, Lucid Lucid Talks, Managing Director, says that the fact that pro-union vote has remained around 50% should not be a surprise as a united Ireland is still the unknown option and although many people support the concept of a united Ireland Mr White says they would like to know more about it they'd like to know how it would work and he's right so it's up to us who want a united Ireland to let people know more about it and to explain how it will work It's time to plan for the unity referendum. The Irish government must take the lead. And if they don't, well then let's change the government. More immediately, there is a need to ensure that everyone who can vote and who wants to vote has the opportunity to do that. Whether it's next year's assembly election or the unity referendum, an effective election or referendum campaign depends on votes. And if you're not registered, you don't have a vote. Posters, social media, leaflets, canvassing, and all the rest are hugely important in winning arguments and motivating voters. But it all amounts to just so much hot air if the voters are not on the electoral register. In July, the electoral office in the north wiped the entire electoral register an ambitious and comprehensive registration campaign to try and get as many people onto the new register as quickly as possible is needed. It can't be left to the electoral office or to the political parties. 
Citizens who never vote in elections will vote in the unity referendum. But again, they can only do this if they're on the register. So get help and advice on how to register to vote or log in directly to HTTPS forward slash forward slash www.gov.uk forward slash register to vote. Play your part in building a new Ireland. It's really easy to do. It only took me five minutes and I'm no expert around all any sort of a device. So register to vote now and be ready for the referendum. And finally, for years I used to gather up acorns and chestnuts and hazelnuts and little sycamore seeds and all manner of other seeds. And I used to grow them and my, my growing methods were fairly basic. I collected as many as I could and then I planted them out in pots and grew bags and let nature do the, way, do the rest. I worked on the general assumption that if I planted a lot, there was a greater chance that I would harvest a lot. Now, I'm not talking about hundreds of seeds, pocketfuls picked up on walks. You know, the Falls Park has plenty of oak and chestnut trees. There are native trees along the waterworks, Cullen Glen and Woodville, acres of broad leaves. And in all of our forest across the entire island and in all the great parks of our cities across the entire island. The British Prime Minister's country residence at Checkers has a great round trees. And I got heaps of round berries there in my visits back in the day. They're always a wee bit trickier, like the tenant in Checkers. The round seeds are contained in the little red berries, but well worth the trouble of bringing them along and bringing them on, unlike the tenant in Checkers. Rowans or mountain ice are my favourite smaller trees. And blackthorn. Chestnuts are straightforward. In fact, chestnuts are probably the easiest to grow. Once I take these trees, we'll be very content to sit in pots for as long as 10 or even 20 years. They are unique presents and great living memorials for friends who have died. I have a wonderful tall oak grown from a tiny acorn in memory of the late Eileen Howell, and another for Siobhan O'Hanlon, others for Colette's sisters Marie and Leah, a special chestnut for Joe Floorboards, and a gingery leafed acer for Clicky. And it's not just for deaths. Babies too deserve their own trees. These last few years I haven't been as diligent as I used to be with my seed gathering. It's too easy to be too busy. I didn't give it up completely, but I'm glad to say that I'm now refocused. Why am I telling you this? Because now is the season for seed gathering. Most of the tree seeds or berries or the acorns or nuts won't be ready for a few months. But now is the time to spot the parent tree or trees. Then it's a simple matter of gathering up your seeds when they fall to earth. Even a few chestnuts planted in wee pots and left to their own devices will make a difference and give you great pleasure. And while you're waiting on the trees to reward you, 
there are lots of wildflowers coming into seed at this time. Basically anything with a seed pod or a flower head. Foxgloves are a loose mower are an old favourite of mine. Just cut off the seed pods, let them air dry, then store the seeds in envelopes until you're ready for planting. Some people grow them in little trays before planting out, but I'm a lazy gardener. I just sprinkle the seeds where I want them to grow and let nature do the rest. It's always a good tip to wash your hands after hunting seed. Some can be also picked directly from the flower heads. Flowers will drop seeds themselves when they're ready, so it's easy to know the best time to gather your share. Incidentally, there are social media sites to guide you. Just Google seed gathering. And don't confine yourself to wildflowers. Many garden blooms can also be procreated from seed or from cuttings. Apart from flowers themselves and your own enjoyment at bringing them on, the bees and the butterflies will be most grateful. So Shane, Shane Mamej and Shakhtan Shah, and appropriately I thought we would finish off today with Danny Williams's I Talk to the Trees. Slan. I talk to the trees, but they don't listen to me. I talk to the stars, but they never hear me. The breeze hasn't time to stop. And hear what I say I talk to them all In vain But suddenly my words Reach someone else's ear Touch someone else's Suddenly see them come true I can see us on an April night Sipping brandy underneath the stars Reading poems in the candlelight To the strumming of guitars I will tell you all the books I've read And the way I met the king of France Then I'll send the servants off to bed And I'll ask you for a dance I tell you my dreams And while you're listening me. 
suddenly see 